Would you care to step outside? We need to do this. Warning, PC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Brings are back, bitches! Hey, everybody. It's that time of week again where we're going to talk DC on RMD Titans Edition here on Rain Man Digital. We are not live on Twitch this week, but you can always check out our past episodes of DC on RMD or any other Rain Man digital show via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Just search DC on RMD. You can head out to Patreon and throw us some money out there. Um, yeah, or like I said, check us out on Twitch when we are streaming. I'm your host, Stephen, and tonight I have with me David. Hello. And Paul. Hey. And Lauren, I think, is again on vacation. She's on vacation from the show specifically. She went off to the Phantom Zone. Okay. Fair enough. So, tonight. We'll we'll pop her in a Lazarus pit by the finale. (laughs) finale. We'll have to bring her back from the Lazarus pit. um, Or with the Lazarus pit. So, season three, episode 11, titled... The call is coming from inside the house, which I thought was a pretty brilliant title in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Pretty it's, good. It's directed. What, what was well, that? It's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's the first time I can think of that. They've had a title like this, right? It wasn't just like one word and wasn't about like a one very specific thing. Not to say that this wasn't about a, one very specific yeah, thing from the it, episode, but it's like a, it, there was just like kind of a, you know, a lot of the titles either introduced a character, whether it was the right time to use that title, like yeah. we talked about in the past. But yeah. this one was just kind of cryptic. Troubled but, water, souls. Yeah. Um, this is the first. This like, is the first title. This is the first title I've noticed that made me have to think. Okay. What is this all about? Before you even started. Before you watching. even started. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, wait, did I pick the right show? It's same. Yeah. Same. And, you know, some of them were t- titles of character names or like you just said, they were just one word descriptors. This was like, this felt like a horror movie. Yeah, almost. it felt like a horror. You, you literally, it was a bit of a mind bender. Yeah. Of a, of a title because like, if you even look at the last one, Troubled Water, okay, it had to deal with the Gotham. Because the, 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 the water, water was, was bad. bad. The water was <laughs> Here, bad. It was more just like what you said. It's more cryptic. And then I st- throughout the entire episode, it was like this worm that was eating in my brain. I'm like, like, what does it all mean? Yeah, cryptic but genius. And and so this one we get uh, Carol Banker back in the director's chair and written by Stephanie Coggins. And before we get into the episode, one thing I wanted to talk about briefly, um, just overall, when you look at this season in particular, they have they have a group of writers and a group of directors and they've kept it really consistent within that group and they're just shuffling them about episode by episode and then bringing them back and and I like that it's really and because they've done that it's really tight in a lot of ways and they had a lot more focus and we talked about that compared to season 1 and season 2 this one is just over the <clears throat> excuse me over the top goodness and I I would have to think it's because they kept such a tight knit group that they kept rotating around and it wasn't like what we've seen on some of the CW shows over the years where we might get some writers back in, but it was like every week is just something else. Something and it's different. hard to make something really tight and cohesive if you're constantly shuffling the deck with new characters. Uh, I think I think you're mm-hmm. onto something because like the difference between I've been noticing with especially not just Titans, but the HBO mm-hmm. tied mm-hmm. DC, uh, DC shows, their writing teams are all on the same page. You yes. never see like... I think the only time the the weather shows that we did like, which between me and you, Steve, was uh, Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. The only time that basically we see them deviate was when they brought in a guest director. Remember they brought in the guest from uh, the actor from CW from Arrow. Yes. And they let him do one one episode. That is the only time that basically out of all the shows we've covered probably within the last two years that – they started. De- they went back to the well of, hey, let's bring in a guest. Mm-hmm. But when you see Titans, 
there's actually a central mind that's actually they're like okay you actually see a writing room yeah there's there's together. a showrunner leading the charge with a writer's room and with a small a small group of directors that they're pulling from and everyone is very much on the same page every episode now what i will say we've talked about pacing a lot and it's been good because it's given us those ebbs and flows. It's it's kept us on the edge of our seat on some episodes and allowed us to sit back and kind of take a breather when those certain episodes are really intense or or there's just a lot going on. And you need that. You need to be able to take a step back and, and find a, a, a nice groove of ebb and flows. Um, but this episode is another one of those episodes where there's so many characters going on. Uh, or or in the episode, shall we say, because we've had some that were really tight and focused on just a couple of character stories. And I've got to give these guys credit where it's hard to juggle this many characters with these many plot points and these many arcs. There's a lot going on, and that's not an easy thing to do. No. And as much as there's a lot going on, I think what it makes us, it, it challenges us as people that review and cover is we have to pick and choose what we talk about. And I've put a lot of stuff in here. Some we may not get to cover due to time, but it just speaks to just how much they've packed into this season. Yeah. It almost feels like, especially in Titans, it feels like each writer is given, hey, okay, you focus on the Scarecrow story. You focus on this. Tell us what you're going to be doing on the Scarecrow story. Or then the other uh, another writer is actually bringing in their own ideas for say like Corey and Connor and doing all the Tamaranian stuff and they're meshing their ideas perfectly together. So they fit nicely I, instead of just throwing things at the wall. I don't know exactly how like a writer's room works, especially for a show like this compared to like, you know, uh, something comedy or like a, a situation that I do vaguely know about, but like it may, the way that it feels is like there is an essentially an outline, whether it's for yeah. the season yeah. or the just the single episode. And it's like, hey, these are the things that are going to happen. And then you, like you said, you go write the scarecrow part because based on the outline, you know where it needs to start, where, where it, it needs, needs to, to end, start. and then you flesh it. You go do the the dick and puppies part because you're good <laughs> at writing dogs. Sure. And I'll do the whole rest. Well, and what's interesting is we've had several episodes where, um, you know, it's a single writer and a couple episodes where it's it's two writers. And I think they're probably all pushing and pulling off each other's ideas. But because of how much we have going on in this season in particular and how we have these ebb and flows, it makes me believe I don't think Ron Moore was the one by any stretch that that coined this, but he's the one that I'm the most familiar with of having kind of that outline, like you said, Paul, of a mm -hmm. Bible where you have your, your season arc, you have your episode arc, you have your character yeah. arcs and they're all overarching. And if you drew them on a giant Gantt chart on a whiteboard, you could kind of see all those elements and then oh, you yeah. can start plug and play and say, this needs to happen here, which will be about this episode. And you start to break it down into little pieces. It's a very, it's a very classic way of writing television because like now outside of the show, there's another show that I, I do with with the leader of the network with Mike is Star Trek. And one of the things that we talked about was actually the writing room for Deep Space Nine mm -hmm. because there was a moment that they showed how a writing room works and it's very classic. It's basically like classic 90s talking about the golden age of television. And it's just like what you said where they have an outline and Ronald Moore is right there. Yeah, yeah. And he's like going, okay, here's our season arc. Okay, we need this to happen in episode three. So – Someone has to come up with what's ideas here or that we're going to come up with here. They'll go along with this timeline. Mm -hmm. And it, it it's a very classic way of writing television. And you don't see that. I hate to say it a lot of times. As much nowadays. as we should. Right? Yeah. As much as because we should. Like normally when it comes down to it, it's about speed. Nowadays, people just want to get that content out there and force it and yeah. say, hey, I only have this much time to do this. So if this is your story, this is all you get. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to highlight that that particular point because this episode just has so much going on. Um, it's one of those ones where it's definitely not um, what I would say is an ebb. It's more of like a full-on fire hydrant flow, <laughs> and there is a <laughs> lot going on. So, you know, I kind of broke it down by character. Um, 
because we've got so many of them on the chessboard, and there's so much going on with them now that it's we're getting close to the end of the season. Yes, we are. We're bringing all the pieces onto the chessboard. It's 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 you know building up to that penultimate fight that I think we all are going to expect to see coming with the Scarecrow and the team. But um, right out of the gate, uh, you know, and in no particular order, but the the Donna and Tim kind of finding each other. Um, Tim wandering about the streets and, and, and running into Donna and they're going to become like this little dynamic duo of their yeah. own. And it's, it's cool to see. And she mentions this at one point, you know, she, um, trained as an Amazonian warrior for five people to take on 50 or 50 to take on a hundred. That's what she trained or 500. Sorry. That's what she's trained to do. Or 300 to take on 10,000. Right. And so they're in a situation where all of Gotham is is out. They've evacuated the city because of everything going on for the most part. And all we have left are these stragglers. Did, did they? I thought they locked down the city well, so they no one did, could. But they got a lot of people yeah. out. And all okay. that's left are stragglers, which is very reminiscent of what we we saw in um, uh, the, the Arkham games where they're yeah. the, the, basically just the bad guys. I'm not leaving and, my land. Yeah. Right. And you got to remember that basically, I mean, during the episode, they did make the comment that, oh, there you have Donna trying to get the stragglers out, try to get evacuate the, the, the quote unquote normal citizens out yeah. and protect them. And you kind of get the sense that they have this working in quadrants almost in Gotham mm-hmm. because like that's as that's the best that Donna can do at this point. Well, and it goes even even beyond Donna because Tim's got his little Tim cave. Dude, that was cool. Which is cool, where he's got all this ragtag equipment that he's picked up out of the trash, pawn shops, wherever the hell he got it. I love his parents' reaction, though. Yeah, they're like, what, what the hell? <laughs> What'd she say? His mom was like, I thought there was rice stored in here yes. or something. He's like, I moved it. I moved it. I, I was giggling so much by that because, I'm sorry, I've had that moment where... Where you've had a bunch of rice that somebody moved? Well, no, no, where his mom came a, into his room and didn't yes. realize he oh, had, like, a whole porn like, laboratory? Oh. Yeah, pretty much, but it was more or less kind of, like, for my filmmaking experience. Okay. That's why I actually related to Tim so much because when his mom comes in and says, I thought this was where all the rice was stored. I'm like, going, wow, that's this is kind of like, I kind of feel more related to Tim, Tim now more than a, ever. A little close to home. <laughs> but it, it was cool. You know, he's he's clearly got his own little setup. He's got, got his detective work. He's got all this shit up on the wall and the Gotham PD that's left behind um, is not the Gotham PD that we want. It's, I was surprised with that. It's that- crazy. They've all been paid off by by crane, by crane. and i'm like going how how far in well, advance did crane plan that was the point of the that main dude that who turned on babs yeah that was why crane went to him because he was like like the high whatever he's like the highest ranking detective dude that's why he's like the he? main liaison yeah. between like the the cops and the detectives to babs so if he if crane could get that guy in his pocket that guy can get everyone else on board with it and yeah. then crane's got a fucking army of police and, and and let's not forget that you know they they ganked all that money that 25 million was it from that bank several episodes back yeah so he's sitting on a chunk of cash that he can pay these cops well enough to where they're still pretending to be cops, but going door to door, uh, almost like Gestapo. And they're about to go clear, clear through the neighborhood and get rid of anybody that's not getting the hell out. And I'm glad you brought that up because do you, do you realize that it's that little detail that brings everything together, that we finally got to see the point of that robbery scene. mm. You know, it wasn't just thrown away. Oh, they got the money. Okay, whatever. It comes back to haunt the team episodes later episodes later because they don't and that's that's a really good sign of a good writing team just like what you said earlier because they don't forget they don't forget what happened in the season Mm -hmm. hey we gotta make this come back to and they fruition they remind us with it too by like whenever the money comes into play it's still in those duffel bags that they carried out of the bank it's those little details that this is what makes titans so special is because like Everything matters to me. Everything matters to us as the audience because mm-hmm. you have to pay attention. You, you really not, do. It's not just about finding, you know, the cool Easter eggs now. It's about, hey, there's a really detailed storyline going around here and everything matters. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, now it has me guessing, you know, last episode we were like, well, 
is the Hank and Hank and uh, Hawk and Doves thing over with? No, I don't think so. No, I think those everything are, matters. The, yeah, everything you, matters. Even if people come and go, there's seeds being planted. There's seeds being planted. And it's not throwaway. And and one thing that really got me with this whole thing, again, going back to Donna's training, she's stepping up big and bad right now, trying to be a leader in the absence of the rest of the team. She has to do what she's trained to do. She has to do what she knows how to do. And she may not have the best group behind her compared to what she would probably prefer, but she's going to take what she can get and she's going to figure out how I'm going to lead these people to fight back, to push back and hopefully get them out of the city. And it shows real leadership. Unlike (laughs) Mr. Dick Grayson, man, he cannot win this season. No, he can't, but we'll get to him in a minute. I I just want to bring that up and, and kind of, you know, foreshadow. We got, someone really showing leadership on the team and we still have who's supposed the, the guy who's supposed to be our fearless leader um yes yeah, so, something really bad happens to him, <laughs> to him. Yeah. and not, it's it's being a bad leader it's, it's being is what it is bad and nothing else and it's it, the sad part is is like this is all it all makes sense why this this story arc is happening to to dick at this point because like He's supposed to be learning how to be a better leader. Yeah, it's not but also, um, let's just continue on because I'm just going to fucking segue this right into <laughs> you that. You want to segue right into that? I know Dick. you're let's, excited well, about yeah, it. You yeah, want to no. segue into this. Um, but we we can wait, but you got to stop talking about it right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we'll get to it because, um, it, man, it, it was something else. You but, say one more fucking word. I'm hijacking the show. <laughs> we're hijacking it. But I, I really want to hit on crane next. Yeah. Um, and I apologize in advance. I am fighting this, this terrible cold. It's not COVID, but it's just, it fucking sucks. Um, so if I cough, I apologize, but crane, the opening scene God, that- of him basically being like Pat Bateman from American psycho doing his morning routine, shaving that beard off, getting all primped to um, waterfalls of TLC waterfalls. Like, what a crazy juxtaposition of a character and a... Singing and and dancing to it. It was amazing. Yes. I'm just going to say it was amazing and out of left field. Um, But, man, he's the man of the manor, right? He is. He, He can... He's the king of the castle. He's the king of the castle, but oh my God, leave it to Bruce to one up and ruin his day. <laughs> well, I Seriously. mean, even he, I, I want to, I want to shout out real quick to him, but yeah, before he gets his day fucking ruined, ruined. by Bruce, um, he's like, he's in the cave and he's digging through the toys and he finds the briefcase with Marcellus Wallace's soul in it. Yeah, that was cool. There's, I love those little wink, winks and nods, nods to to all the shit. And and there's, it's been like that throughout the whole thing, but that was a great one. And yeah, he gets on that computer as you would. That's the one thing that no one should ever do. Do not get on fucking bat Googles himself. Don't bat Google yourself. He can't help it. He just can't because of who he is. And of course, it just shatters him, shatters him with Bruce's auditory profile. That is not wrong. No, well, it it's, not, it's wrong. so not wrong that he immediately <laughs> flips it on Jason doing exactly what it just called him just out for doing. Out for. Yes. It, it, like, God damn, if they didn't put some serious depth into Crane, I mean, we've talked about this several times, right? The amount of depth that we were getting out of this particular incarnation of this character. I just can't recall any time where I've seen anything like this for Crane. Well, remember, we've had, we've had hints of that, especially with his his earlier his moment with his mother, who was her, well, his therapist. I, I'm saying like, this, outside I'm, of this medium yeah, right I'm now that we're talking of, about. Yeah, outside of this series, we have never seen this type of Crane, and it's just it's bonkers how great it oh, is. Oh yeah, closest thing that I could think of is Batman the Animated because they they really kind of tapped into the fact that Crane is so obsessed with fear. In, that, in OG animated or yeah, new adventures? OG, OG animated. Where he was so obsessed with fear that he himself is a, is a coward. He just wants to use that fear on everyone else to, to make pro- them to, afraid. To project, to, project it, to, to bring them down to his to level. To his level. And like, I, that's the only one that I could think of when I thought about it. The closest, the closest thing we've ever seen to this type of crane. Only this crane 
they go a hundred percent into it, and I loved it. And to your point, that's exactly what he does to Jason, yeah. right? He he can't handle the truth, right? He's like he's like Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth, and and goes upstairs and projects all that shit directly on poor Jason. Who's got his own head full of, of bad wiring <laughs> bad and baggage. Wiring. And, 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 and the guy is just kind of chilling. Wake up. I got a shit all over you. <laughs> <laughs> Although leave it, leave it to leave it to. I love the fact that even in the end, no matter what Scarecrow might've won the, this battle and he feels it, you know, he started so great, but leave it to the fact that no matter what Batman will always one up him. Yeah. And he'll always defeat him. He doesn't even have to be here to defeat Crane. And that's that to me, that moment was so soul shattering for Crane. I actually felt sorry for him. Well, and it, because I'm like, dude, you had it all. And yeah, you just ran into the guy, one guy who will always beat you of such weak constitution and mental fortitude <laughs> that. That audio clip or or series of clips, we don't know how much you know he may have listened to. Like you said, shattered shatters him. him. And I'm going to go up and shit all over Jason's morning and project that on Jason and manipulate Jason to go out and do my bidding some more because I just can't handle. I can't the handle truth. it. And and the thing that's really cool is when you think about it, in all of Batman, you know, history when it comes to the villains. Scarecrow is the one there's always we've always people have always said well, what's the difference between all the villains well Riddler Ig, Ig, uh, Edward Nigma is basically based around his own ego that's it Joker is just pure chaos mm-hmm. but the one thing that Scarecrow has that's different of all of them he's still that pathetic guy that basically just like what you alluded to he he just wants to drag you down well, because he's afraid the the fear aspect like at its core is the like a this this striking like similarity that ties him and Batman together because yeah exactly like you said where he is where uh, Crane Scarecrow is trying to drag everyone down to his level Batman uses fear to like be a level above yeah, everybody above else it. so it's it's different motives but it's like virtually the same tactic yeah. like you know at its core it, 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 yeah it's it's a different mirror image like batman is to joker batman is to Riddler, to, 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 to scarecrow and and i mean just holy shit he just loses it to the point i mean one orders pizza who the <laughs> fuck is going to deliver all the way out there I mean, I want a big tip for that one. Well, I mean, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, they call it out. There's an extra delivery fee because it's so far off the map. And like, also, who the fuck would you know? That's Wayne Manor. I'm a, I'll take whatever they fucking order there. You're probably getting like a $50 tip and definitely me? not a hammer to the head. I don't even think Uber Eats would put that as an allowable delivery point. <laughs> like, but the guy gets out there and the whole scene where he where he says I'm gonna go get the tip and it's gonna be a big one and he and they have the little circular kitchen and he come goes in one door and then comes out the opposite with the dirtiest metal meat tenderizer. No, it was dirty after he mashed him. He picked it up right yeah. before okay. swinging it. It was on the counter right behind Fair him. Fair enough, but I mean dirty in the sense that it was metal. That was not a wooden meat tenderizer. That was metal. That was metal. And just cold clocked that son of a bitch, and he went down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not advocating like <laughs> murder or kidnapping, but I'm gonna say have one in the kitchen. No, oh. fucking abducting or killing somebody that has come to your house because you called them and asked them to come to your house is a bad idea. That's a really easy way to get caught. Don't murder or kidnap people that way. No, because again, he doesn't show back up for an hour, two yeah. hours. Hey, um, where did that pizza guy go? Because we need him to do other deliveries. Yeah, wh- this is Gotham. Call the police. Yeah, where, where's Jimmy at? He's got to deliver more. I guess more actually, if, if if you look that far into it, Crane's got the police in his pocket. So who's going to come who's looking gonna for? Who's going to come? Like well, the actual so, pizza place isn't going to come looking for the kid. They're going to like say, "Hey, cops, where is this guy?" And they'll be like, "He's fine." So maybe minor minor plot hole. You know what? It's no, it's perfect. But no minor plot nope. hole in the sense that if a lot of the city has left 
and only the stragglers who are trying to protect their land, protect their own their belongings, their whatever. And, and the essential employees. And the essential, essential employees, employees, the pizza delivery dude, he was left behind. And that's his lot in life is to deliver pizzas to those that stay behind. What a, what a tragedy. But <laughs> God, for him to drag his ass down into the Batcave and essentially start to what appeared to be like a Dexter situation yeah. or, or a... Or, uh, you know, some serial killer type situation. He still can't get over. He's hearing the voices, which are himself. And I love how they did that with the the camera work. Oh, that a was different, really cool. Different version, a, a more cleaned up, got their shit together version versus him losing his shit version. And he's going to not even do what he set out. To, he's going to cut his own goddamn face up. Yep. I... I really wanted that scene to end with him going and getting getting the, the mask. mask. But the thing is, that would ruin the whole point. And yeah, because- no, I get, I get, yeah, especially with the you know the motivation from Bruce earlier in the episode. You know, he and and this does have me like really nervous that we're not going to get the mask this season. I don't think we can. After we'll, we'll see what happens. After that, this moment, the time for mask is over. Yeah, the time for mask is definitely over I, because. It would be cool. That's what he said. That's what that's what Crane's several word. times. The, the times for the time for masks is over. It would be cool, but the thing was that moment shattered Crane so badly. You know, hearing Bruce technic basically tell him he's nothing without Scarecrow. Correct. Crane is nothing without Scarecrow. Correct. And it just breaks him so much that yes. he's forced to just cut his own face because he want he he's fighting that urge to prove Batman right by taking that mask. Once he takes that mask and puts it on, he's just proving Bruce right. Yeah. And yeah. that's what's th- that's the beautiful part about that that moment is because for when you watch it, you understand that's why he can never put on the mask. It's a double-edged sword for because him. Because if he does, Bruce is correct. Yeah. And it's a double-edged sword for him. And but he cut his face all to hell. Um no two ways about it. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. It <sighs> I, I don't know what honestly I think I was afraid that they were going to do like a death of the well not death of the family that was the follow up but like in, whatever death in the family no because no, we already of, did that death of but but the whatever the thing that I'm talking about is cutting his whole face off like, like the Joker phone, did like that, Joker that happened did. before that arc that arc was a result of that happening it's not important it's not important I was I was a little bit afraid he was going to do that because like you know don't do don't do the thing that happened with a different character so, and stuff and he didn't and he didn't and. I feel, I don't know, like, he could have done, like, a weird design and just, like, made his face fucking so, Scarecrow creepy but the thing style, is, he, so but he, I, don't, I don't think I'm mad. So, no, no. I'm not mad. I was on the edge of my seat, literally going out loud, no one was in the room but my cat, going, are they doing it? Are they doing it? Is he cutting his face off? And he didn't, and, and I'm glad you brought it up, because, you know, on one hand, I was only slightly disappointed but then I thought it's the different character. It's yeah. not Joker from the New Fifty Two. Exactly. It's not, um, and the motivation's different too. Because the, yeah, well, you, the, you the motivation would have been very similar because Joker originally had his face cut off to remove the the amount of humanity that he felt he still had, yes. which was too but much. He was the thing. The difference between uh, that and and Joker was Joker didn't hate himself. Crane hates himself. I right mean, now. He, he hated his humanity. Like, you know, whatever. He yeah. hated his humanity, but he also had someone else he cut, had his, someone face cut off. his face yeah. oh, off. So, it's hard to do. But, like, Crane. <laughs> I tried. The hardcore thing about what Crane is saying is, like, he hates himself so much. And it's it, it dives into the psychology of self mutilation. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, if he were just to cut his own face off, that would, it, it would have been cool. But just like you said, the motivation, uh, it's. It's too similar to like Joker. Well, yeah, like like I said, I'm not mad about it. I'm glad he didn't do that yeah. because different character. And, As it and kept this. going, I was very much glad that that didn't play out that way, particularly because they did that kind of on the Gotham, F, uh, Fox Gotham. Oh, when yeah, but nobody knows it. about it because that show was bad and nobody watched right. it. You know, so I didn't want to rehash something that we've already seen uh, in that medium in particular. But you know, again. What you said, Paul, he, he didn't cut his face off, but he did slice it up enough. And if you think about if you had to get stitches, if you zoom out a few feet and you think about if if he had to get stitches or he probably needed them, if he would have gotten stitches, 
you are in essence making a flesh-based version of a scarecrow mask. So there is a subtle design genius to to the direction they chose in addition to the self-mutilation, the layers of psychological uh, mind fuckery that's, that's going, going on, on here. And it's oh. just awesome. It's the one thing that I've been loving about this season is like taking these characters and really we've been saying that they've been making a really relatable universe, mm-hmm. you know, a real feeling universe. And the way you do that is you add layers to your characters. And I would expect that if they were doing that with the heroes, but the, this season, I mean, they've done it to scarecrow, the villain, the, but sh- the villains. The, that's the beauty of, of Batman's rogues galleries and a gallery in particular is all of them are, Arguably, so fucking complex. So arguably, complex. the best villains of all comic book media or uh, properties. Um, I'm going to say, and I say arguably because others may disagree. I'm going to stand on my mountaintop that I'll die on and say they hands down are um, because they are all so tightly based on all these different facets of psych of human psychology and and, and these different personas. Um, now, again, he projected all that bullshit on Jason. And sends him out to say, go kill Nightwing. We got to end this shit. It's like, well, where were you? Okay. So you're not going to go do it. You're going to send your little minion to go do it. Fair enough. Because you need your proxy. You need your proxy. Just as Bruce told you on the back computer yeah. like there's so much genius there um and and the vincent uh Carthizer, the, the actor again we talked him up a, a couple episodes back just killing this role oh absolutely just killing it i and don't it, I, I know we were talking about how it's a shame that basically there was some drama with him yeah. behind the scenes and we might not see him again but he might not be invited back let's you know i don't know how emmys are working nowadays it's an award. Could you could you see him as a nominee in this in this role? Yeah, for supporting, definitely uh, yeah, for supporting. Yeah, not as a lead, but and as not, a supporting. Uh, but as supporting, portraying Scarecrow, this is probably the most in depth look we've ever seen inside of a DC villain that we've ever gotten. Because if you think about it, okay, all Titan seasons, right? We've had Trigon, we've had Deathstroke, both. We didn't really do deep dives on even Deathstroke. I mean, well, even who, though it was really a, a, a really big, you know, draw a family drama with him in the last season. This is a deep dive and a character analysis I mean, for, yes. for the sake of clarity. Um, who would qualify for like a lead? Like who would you like, you know, with, with the, with the team, this oh, big, I'm not who even is talking. like lead and versus supporting. We'll see. And I'm I, the reason I say supporting again, um, because I'm thinking across, not just the show, I'm thinking across all of TV series out there. When you talk about nominations for awards, like, like these, I, I'm just envisioning him and his performance of this particular character and how he's bringing so much life and he would, and he would qualify for a supporting actor. He's doing a phenomenal. And it, it, look, it, I well, hope, like just, uh, yes, I, I agree with you with the story, with the performance he's giving and the story, this character is telling. And honestly, like the amount of screen time that the character is getting, like, why would he not, um, why would he not fall into like the a lead category solely because of like, it, it ties into basically front billing and casting. Okay. Scarecrow is not the main character. He's not going to be on next season or last season, so he's not a lead. Right. If you were looking, yeah. If you were, if you were like, I don't know how awards or casting work. If you were in like one of the main cast that basically is all seasons, that would qualify as main cast. The problem with with uh, I can't even pronounce his name properly. Uh, It's Vincent Carthizer. Yeah, Carthizer is. He's only in this one season. And he's not part of the main, main cast. He's a supporting. Then at that point, he's considered a supporting actor. So like, like Dove or Raven would be leads. Technically. Yes. <laughs> Technically. Yes. Technically. In, in all four episodes, they've been. No, yeah, cool. Titans, We're clear. We can, we can have a, a good discussion now. So, you know, I just I had to call that out because he's doing such a phenomenal job. I hope, you know, he's had a really good career up to this point anyways, for the most part. Um, He's a recognizable uh, actor to a lot of people from the shows that he's been on and and a few movies. Uh, 
I hope to see more come for him because of his performance. Absolutely. But if if nothing ever, and I don't want to say this as a detriment to him or his career, but for me personally as a, a fan of what I'm seeing, if this was his high watermark, hats off to you, sir. Because yeah. uh, if he never gets anything that reaches this level ever again, dude, you did a phenomenal job. I mean, the closest closest thing that to this is honestly his Mad Men role. Yeah, well, his this, Mad Men role was phenomenal. Phenomenal. This is next level. This is next level. I mean, he's he's earning his paycheck. So let's take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some dick. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Dick's out. Um, you know, how could you, how could Dick cock this up so bad? <laughs> Dude, this season, I'm like going, man, I know I've always been saying I wanted him to learn from last season, especially how messed up he got from, from you know, Deathstroke basically beat the shit out of him last season and proved him that he was stupid. <laughs> for, for a guy named Dick, he's really just all balls. He's all balls. <laughs> well, and, and, and look, look, he goes to meet Jason because Jason calls him out. Let's finish this. He has the one person with him that is arguably the best person to take with him Dude. for backup. but Or for, for, uh, for front up. What or, he did. Yeah. Just, what he did, what he did, would you not say that is a very Batman thing to do? Well, he is, he that is, is a trying, really big Batman thing. He is to do. trying to be a better Batman by being just, more Batman. Yeah, by by doing like exactly what Bruce would, would be do. doing. Yes. And, and, how many and that's times? not the better Batman. Yeah, how, how many that's times? That's the Batman who tried to kill himself in a castle, and exactly. we still don't know what he's doing. And how many times, even in history, Batman's so infamous for this. He has his quote unquote best friend in Clark and he always tells Clark, fuck off. I'm going to deal with this my way. Not and it only, blows up in his face. Usually. Yeah. Not, he, he pulls a mega Batman, a mega Batman. Yeah. And just dusts Connor with the kryptonite dust and then has the audacity to dust the dog. <laughs> I thought that was like, going, well, at least he thought about it. And yeah, Crypto, I hate to say it. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> what just, in the fuck? Yeah, honestly, I was I was mad about that. I, he should have just like told Crypto like, "Hey, uh, you know, stay with watch, <laughs> stay." Just, like, because we're we're already running with this like just accepted notion that like Crypto has human intelligence. <laughs> so just <laughs> yeah. hey, he's taking a nap. I guess I don't know what happened. You better hang out with him. And then he just fucking dogs up next to him and waits for Connor and, to like, wake up. Like, and I'm sorry, this is probably. And all this season, I've been, like, keeping tallies of, like, what is his biggest mistake so far? This is probably This is number one. Yeah. I think this right here is going to be number one because we all know how fragile, you know, Connor is right now. He's dealing with the fact that, am I Lex Luthor or am I Clark? I'm not saving people. Am I saving people or am I controlling people? Well, and he could even save one of his own teammates. He's had a couple of losses, and now... One of his quote unquote family members dusted Dust him, him with with, with a, a, a thing that can actually kill him. And I mean, the- not not to mention also just like extra extra shit bouncing around in his head. The you know for for lack of a better term, love of his life um, 
Last time he saw her, she was shot, and she he like shot. doesn't even know if she's alive right now. Let alone that she stole powers. And I'm like, and we'll get into that, and she's doing whatever. And the sad so, part is, I was thinking to myself, Nightwing's psychology is well, you know, Bruce probably did this to his best friend, and they turned out okay. So I'm gonna do it to Connor. <laughs> yeah, and it bothered me too in that when he did both of them in like that. The dose that he blew into Crypto's face wasn't that much less than this beefy, hunky, half human, half alien. I I would disagree there. I think he like did a full blow <laughs> to Connor. into Connor, Connor, and he just kind of like pat the residual onto Crypto. <laughs> the Crypto that but, was the best. But what's part. the proper dose for a dog of that size? Well, you know, you got to give him the biggest dose. So just basically pat him and basically hope you get. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think just the fact that we're using the dust is. And it's kryptonite. It is kryptonite. It is. So, well, right. But no like the, what. The, the fact that it's the dust is um, better than if it was a full on. Yeah. Rock. I mean, he could just fucking toss a rocket and be like, ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I think using the dust ensures that, like. You know, they'll wake up hungover or whatever and feel fine. And well, worst case scenario, a couple days, but a couple days you have a kryptonite hangover. But, you know, look, if they really wanted to push some of these underlying uh, uh, issues that we were just talking about with Connor Mm -hmm. and and what he's been dealing with, um, with himself, with the team, with with Blackfire. Not that I think it would have necessarily been the best choice. They could have really fractured this team if Dick had overdose crypto and crypto died if they wanted to take the connor story yeah, actually, in a completely different direction i'm gonna take back what i just said because it's it's kind of like if if you had like a really strong friend who wanted to help you in a fight but he also had asthma and you just like <laughs> threw a bunch of pollen, <laughs> pollen at, him at him and walked away like that kid might die and i'm like, going, like you have no way of knowing yeah what the right, right. i'm that's, just gonna throw deadly pollen in but that's why i said that's why i said it's like i was like thinking about what the hell is his mentality well he probably saw Bruce do that. It's so like the, the, uh, the level of um, how personally Dick is taking the Jason situation. Um, I mean, we've seen it all season where like initially Dick was like, well, we got to kill him. Fuck this little boy. Yeah. Um, And he, (laughs) he's been like driving himself or I guess driving the team away from himself Mm -hmm. over the course of this. And like, this is, this is where we're at. I don't like, I, I, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. But like right now I see this season ending with like the team, Jason and Dick being like three factions. Oh, easily because. Well, yeah. And we, and we talked about, you know, they could do a spinoff of Red Hood uh, depending on how they play this, but we have the team. We can, we can do a spinoff of fucking Nightwing at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's, Take it's, him and off would, the show for a season. Yeah, or not two. even that. Introduce. This is, this was my idea as after this episode that I thought of is at this point, this Nightwing, uh, basically bring Nightwing to Bloodhaven. Yeah, come yeah, up yeah, with yeah. Bloodhaven. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's his story. That was that was his story since the uh, you know throughout all of DC is like he had to leave Gotham and go somewhere else to forge his own legacy. So what did he do? He went to Bloodhaven, and at this point, especially with Donna in this in this mix, and she's like being posed as this, she's the true leader. She's the one that's going to bring the team together. I can see Nightwing leaving and basically saying, no, I got to be by myself. There's there's a pathway here, whether it's next season or a season after. There's a pathway to have more come of this spinoffs if they wanted to. Um, Absolutely. All of that is is still, I I would argue, on the table or or, or realm of possibility. Yeah. you know, again, Dick doesn't have his backup or or his anything. Being dumbass Dick, dumbass Dick. goes out to confront Jason. Um, now, the way he lured Jason was was beautiful. Oh, I yeah. thought that was very Batman esque of of you know instilling the fear in Jason. Yes, he knocks the helmet off Jason. You see Jason physically afraid. Sc- afraid. He is afraid all this time talking a big game he was talking a lot of that big game when he was all amped up on them drugs from from crane but now he doesn't have that and now he has to actually go out there on pure uh jason only steroids yeah he has to beat 
he has to beat, you know, essentially his brother in a fair fight in a fair fight. And the beautiful thing about that, when he knocked off the helmet, I'm like going, I automatically said, okay, right now, Jason's going to run away. And sure enough, because like, if you think about it, since the beginning of this season, what does Jason do every single time he's, he's basically confronted on anything, on anything, he runs, on anything. he runs away, Bruce. No, I don't want you to be Red Hood. I'm going to actually take care of you. We're gonna we're gonna deal Molly, with this. The Molly chick. Molly chick. We're gonna deal with this as a father and son. Something that Jason's been wanting. But what does he do? He runs away because suddenly, oh my god, it's I'm faced with this now. Dude, rewind that back. He ran, he ran from San Francisco from yep. the Titans. He ran from Bruce. He ran from, from Molly. Molly. <laughs> he ran from Dick. He's ran from Crane. Yeah, and now he runs from everything. This was this was the this was the moment that basically said his whole story arcs come to fruition. The whole point of Jason Todd is the fact that at the end of the day, Jason may act all tough as Red Hood, but he's still he's still Robin. He's still the kid that basically thinks he's a badass and says, "The oh, Titans are back!" Woo! He didn't, and like he gets his ass kicked by his brother. And what does he do? He runs away. He runs away. <laughs> look, look. I think on on a lot of levels, well, you can probably agree that I he didn't that, deserve the cape, cape in the first place. That scene, yeah, that that, uh, that situation wasn't done yet, and it was it was brought to a close in a way that we will get to soon. Yeah, let, yeah. let's just get but, there. But 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 Jason walked away from that. I I don't know how it would have played out if the thing hadn't happened. I think Jason still would have he ran would have away ran. because it's in his DNA. You saw it in the fight that he was losing and he knew it as soon as that helmet went off. Suddenly he's like, "Oh shit. He's going to kick my ass." It's kind of like yeah, it's, the it's, helmet was his protection. His helmet was that protection Again, he had. Masks, no more masks, but he went out there with a mask after Scarecrow said no more masks. Well, no, that was when he got back. He was like, good, you got rid of the mask. Oh, you're right, you're right, right. But still. But think about it. Also, going back even further, Bruce, I'm going to take that mask away from you. Suddenly, mm-hmm. his his entire protection's gone. If he doesn't have a mask He's on, scared. He's, he's a scared, scared kid. It's, 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 it's very much like Scarecrow. Un- right? Unrelated, but related. It's funny how, like, a lot of times in comics, Red Hood, um, Jason, like, if he takes off the helmet, like, he's wearing a domino mask under the helmet under the hel- 90% right. of the time. Right. Because Which he, I don't like, personally. You gotta double down on the mask. Well, you know the, how much you'd sweat your dick off if you had double <laughs> that masks? That is true. Dude, you, the helmet you. would come off and the domino would just peel right off. Yeah, it would be disgusting because you also have the black eye makeup and eyeliner yeah, you got underneath. underneath the mask. I'm telling you, it's not going to be pretty. It's one of those things that basically even recently in DC Comics, they covered in a series that I know wasn't very well received, which was the Three Jokers. Mm. The whole co- The whole idea that Jason by far... Even though he is like this, he portrays this tough, ruthless killer. At the end of the day, underneath his mask, he's still that kid that basically ran into, got in over his head, got a crowbar in the face and got killed. Yeah. And that still haunts him. And he, it will always be that. It'll, he'll always yeah. have that. He'll have had that need to wear a mask. <laughs> so, so getting back to the fight, you know, awesome fight. It, oh, yeah. it literally like seeing Dick go toe to toe with Jason and Jason doing his gun kata, which I appreciate all the choreography that they did here. Maybe not the tightest choreography we've seen in all the fights, but I still appreciate it because you you play up one person's fighting style, Nightwing, with his screamer sticks, his ability to throw his little uh, Nightwing battering things to knock out one of the guns of his hand, and then on the flip side of that, you have Jason who has his own fighting style that's a little bit more ragtag and loose, and, but with guns now. And it was just a really cool way to see those two characters, the blue versus the red. Um, really, really sick stuff. Um, but, you know, once once he gets knocked down, Jason gets knocked down, you got this whole group of just random Gothamites that are still, still pro-Red Hood. Um, 
Dick had him at, at, at the end of the barrel there. Dick could have taken Jason out. That's what he set out to do. You said it earlier, uh, David. He that was he was just going to end it. Um, and he couldn't because it's his brother. At the end of the day, it's his brother from another mother, um, and he couldn't pull the trigger. But I'll be damned if little homie didn't have a gun coming up in the little street hood gang and start shooting at fucking our hero and pops him one right in the neck. Did you guys about shit a brick or what? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So like there's to a degree. Like I can't help but not worry because like one is fucking Nightwing. It's our hero. um, You know, Lazarus Pits. And I kept, you know, but, but, saying, when but, he got shot, but I, thought, I, I was looking at my watch going, wait a minute, we still got a show left. What the hell's going on? When you, you expected the episode to end at that point. As, as the scene continues to play out, you know, and the crowd is chanting fucking Red Hood, Red Hood, and, and Jason is freaking out because, like, the thing that he wanted to do, but, like, didn't do himself and now it has unfolded he in front wanted of him it until he sees yeah. it and then the gravity of it hits and, him and and the crowd closes in and so like spoilers for last of us 2 a thing happens early in the game that triggers a lot of people and if you don't know about it you probably don't care about the game because it was all over the fucking like gaming news yes so this hit me way harder than that did i felt fucking sick watching this I felt well with the crowd uh, the crowd going up and, and, and just kicking like because he's sh- already pretty much done yeah like, he's you're not trying coming to put back his, from this no and then a crowd of gothamites just kicked the shit out of it like he's dead he's he, dead as fuck he's trying to put pressure on the wound it, it clearly hit in, in his main artery there um he, he's gushing blood and getting his ass handed to him by the gothamites and jason runs, runs off like a coward doesn't even try to help doesn't say hey guys it's over nothing he leaves him to die at the at the hands of these gothamites like wow wow dick dick is dead yeah Dick is dead. So, again, um, who knows what's going to happen next, but if that's how we leave it, I actually would be okay with it. Not that I want our hero to die, but holy shit, sometimes when you have stories like this, having that kind of weight to it just really just drives it home that these stakes are high. That's why why I, I was thinking to myself that basically... Nightwing's going to leave Gotham at the end of this. There's no way he could come back to Gotham well, after and, experiencing it. And, and he it, didn't. And he, it, it makes sense with, um, I mean, you know, Babs is still in jail, right? So if we break her out, she can't stay in Gotham. So the two of them go somewhere else and she plays Oracle for him fighting crime wherever they go. Wherever they go. But well, I, he might leave Gotham in a body bag. Right? He, he might. He might. He might but leave the street, street in a body, body bag, bag and right. enter a Lazarus pit so, in a body bag. We didn't even get to Starfire. We're going to have to wrap it up in here in a minute. We did get into Starfire, but Paul, you did mention the Lazarus pit. <laughs> you did mention the Lazarus pit. And, you know, we, we did see Gar figuring out. Look, Gar is a little detective himself. We've talked about this. Yes. Plus Raven uh, just having like all these badass abilities now. Yeah. So he can draw some crazy hieroglyphic thing. And somehow, out of what? Yeah, what did he draw? It was fucking cheese whiz. Yes, it, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah, he was—he just had a fucking can of cheese whiz. It was so hilarious. Easy, easy cheese. He just easy cheesed it. Okay, so he does his easy cheese cheese whiz, and somehow, you know, Raven and her mystical magical powers that she has, um, yeah, they 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 get to the Lazarus pit. She can find it. Whatever. Has her crazy, weird, witchy powers. She can fucking interact with, like, spirit energy from different times. Like, she's on another fucking level. Yeah. Yeah. She's, at this point, a really powerful... It's amazing how they took the Raven that we know from season one. This ain't her. This is not her anymore. She's Uh a power player now. She is... And there's, there's so the, much confidence with the character too yes. that I fucking love. She yes. is she's the Raven that we know from the comics now, mm. where she is that that stalwart power player 
who basically out of all the Titans, if you had to put a hierarchy when it comes to the team, you have Starfire, you have Raven, and you have Nightwing. That's their trinity. That's how I always felt the Titans were, were. That's their trinity. Their holy trinity is Raven, Starfire, and Nightwing. Now, two of the two of them we can essentially say are strong members. Yes, Starfire lost her powers. For I now. got a strong member <laughs> for her, <laughs> but like, no, she's underage. I can't. Yeah, she's seventeen. Right. <laughs> yeah, not for her. Not for, but for, but but for Black, Star, Black Starfire. Blackfire. Oh, Blackfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I, I I had to bring up the Lazarus pit because he brought it up. Who knows? Maybe that that'll come into play next I, next episode. Um, let's take a quick break, and then I want to come back and get Paul your final thoughts. <laughs> The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Roll the dice. I love eating radiation-infested fish. It may add an extra couple inches to my penis. Why don't we gotta die from stuff? Like, why can't like a disease cause something awesome. like, like your dick getting bigger? Hey, listen, if you get coronavirus, your dick might swell. Like, Dude, what? triple dick disease. Like that's a thing. It's never a thing. That should be a thing. I know, but it's that's not. Ele- that, I believe that's elephantitis. Of you know, like exclusively uh, of the peen. Oh well, if it's there, then you know, like uh, then I guess you know, like uh, that would be a good disease. That is true. Thank there, you. There's no a lot of you knows and <laughs> to, get to, to, get, to get to the exact same thing Thomas just said. <laughs> I think I already qualify. I think I qualify for being elderly now. Yeah. Will I be useful to the network if all of a sudden I come in and I suffer Alzheimer's or like some sort of Parkinson's? You know, yeah, of course. You're never leaving. Okay, you're you not gonna. You're not gonna have the opportunity, Tony. So if I if I suffer dementia immediately, like right now, you're staying in that chair. Oh, and we're gonna just we're gonna tell you <laughs> time travel. <laughs> The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we're back. Paul. All right, so um, two very brief things. I just, because I saw in your notes, so I wanted to call out um, Raven's Little Witch Seizure. She's always had like a connection to Dick. I think her freaking out at the end, <laughs> I think her freaking out at the end was like her sensing that he just died. Um, but per, like perhaps. Uh, um, but you know the cool visual effects in that yeah. scene. We didn't even get to the Starfire, but I'm glad you yeah. mentioned because those visual effects on her, I really appreciated the whole scene where Starfire finds out what happened with her powers and that it was all nonsense and she never had them and they stole them from her sister because her dad's a cocksucker. <laughs> like those graphics, not digging it. No. That was, was it her dad? It wasn't her dad or her yeah. mom. No, it was her dad. Her, her dad. mom just her kind of went along with yeah, it. Her, yeah, that's right. Her, her mom's mom just a pushover. So her dad's a cocksucker. So we didn't get into that, but there's nothing wrong with that, but her dad is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So be beyond that, just one other thing that I thought would have been a really cool shot is like, maybe next episode or something, whoever finds Dick, I want him face down in a puddle of blood and I want them to roll him over and yep. And the, the blue on his, you know, the blue on the outfit, I want it red. You want a bloody red Dick. Yes. <laughs> but you know, I want, I want that, that reference to, you know, the comic suit when the comic the, suit, if yeah, they do when that, it's red instead if of they blue, do that, you know, I just, I think it'd be a really cool shot, but it, it would, would be hat tip if they do it. Um, so this is such a fucking good episode. Um, I, I know we're, we're a little bit strapped for time. So, and we kind of just hammered out everything else. Even the stuff that we didn't talk about, we just did it anyway. Well, we still, we still missed um, a ton. Nope. Shut up, David. We covered it all. (laughs) (laughs) We covered the dick. I'm going to give this one. uh, 95. Okay. David, what about you? I got this a little higher. I'm I'm really surprised with how well Titans have gone. I'm going with a 98. Wowzers. Wowzers. So I, I only had a, a, a little bit of issues with this one, mainly around um, the Starfire thing. I, we needed that backstory. Yeah. For me, given everything else that was going on in this episode, it was a detractor because there really? was so much and the visual effects of that particular segment really stuck out 
relative to the entire episode and relative to the entire season. And like, I get that they're not going to build a whole set for this other planet scene that was going to be four minutes, but and like, that's fine. They they shouldn't have, but the the quality of the CGI and the lighting relative to her, the green screening, it, it, there were some mismatches there was in mismatches. post. The the color grading wasn't good. Um, that stuck out to me. That didn't detract from the the story, the yeah. visual effects, but I, just her segment felt out of place with everything else. I feel like this this revelation could have been something that happened at some point in the final episode as like a build up for next season. Yeah, I, I agree, Paul. And so, but again, solid episode and and the cliffhanger at the end. Holy shit! I'm not going to go as high as you guys, but I'm still going to give it a 93. I, I I really enjoyed the hell out of it, and again. If it wasn't for Starfire's portion of the story, the everything that we got from Crane and Scarecrow and all that amaze balls. So that's going to do it for tonight's episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition. Uh, big thanks to Paul and David. Remember, you can always catch us every week um, doing the show, and you can catch all of our past episodes of DC on RMD on DC on RMD.com and check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And we will talk to you guys next week. Who are you bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 